The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. As Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a sizable crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind man, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. On hearing that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he kept calling out all the more, Son of David, have pity on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, get up. Jesus is calling you. He threw aside his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. Jesus said to him and replied, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Master, I want to see. Jesus told him, Go your way, your faith has saved you. Immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. The Gospel of the Lord. celebrate this 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The second collection today is for the Society of the Propagation for the Faith, uh, which supports missions in Africa, Asia, the Pacific Islands, and the remote regions of Latin America. There are extra envelopes at church entrance to support that collection. I invite you to put all, all, your All Souls Day envelopes in a collection basket by next weekend in order to have your deceased loved ones remembered for the Mass on Tuesday, November the 2nd, All Souls Day. Catholic students in grades 8 through 12 are invited to enter the annual Knights of Columbus Catholic, Catholic Citizenship Essay Contest. Guidelines and entry forms may be picked up at the parish office or from Alan Taylor on Tuesdays at PSR classes. The deadline for submissions is November the 5th. On Sunday, November 7th, we will honor Father Hill at the 11 o'clock Mass followed by a reception at the Activity Center at Sacred Heart Parish. Spiritual Big Pay cards are available at the doors of the church. We invite you to pick one of those up to complete it with an assurance of your own prayers for Father Hill and to bring it back next weekend in one of the Masses. Items are needed also for our upcoming Thanksgiving food baskets to be distributed next month. Specifically, we'll be looking for canned vegetables, dried rice and red beans, cereal, spaghetti, and macaroni and cheese. Please place those items in the barrel on the back of the vest. So we hear today the story of Bartimaeus. The man gives to us a sort of layout of how it is we ought to pray. We see this man, Bartimaeus, whose name literally means the son of Timaeus. It's interesting, the son, the gospel says his name, and then his name is the description of his name, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. He stands there, he recognizes that our Lord is passing by. We recognize the first thing that he has done is he has put himself in a place where he knows that the Lord is near, or at least he will be soon. Bartimaeus goes and places himself there. He recognizes that there are many other people that will pass by as well. Certainly it is normal for us to experience a certain busyness of life. To make sure, though, that we place ourselves 
where we may hear the Lord, where we may see his passing, where maybe he may draw close to us and we can draw close to him. As he's continuing, when he understands that it is our blessed Lord who is passing by, he begins to call out to him, Son of David, have pity on me. And many people rebuke him and tell him simply to be quiet. He's a nuisance. How often that happens in the gospel is interesting. People are nuisances. Like the little children when they come to our blessed Lord and the, the apostles are trying to shoo them away. And the Lord says, no, no, they belong here. The kingdom belongs to ones like these. Much in a similar manner. The people are trying to tell Bartimaeus to be quiet. Maybe our Lord was saying something. Maybe there was a conversation going on that they wanted to be attentive to, to his words. Or maybe simply just to be in his presence. Maybe they had other things they would rather say than to give Bartimaeus time to be able to speak his own words and please. Whatever the case, they try to shout him down, to make him be quiet. And he calls out all the more. You've got to love the spirit there, huh? If someone says, shh, and you yell louder, you must have certainly gotten on some of the apostles' nerves that day. But our Lord hears him. Our Lord responds. You can almost wonder in a similar manner as the woman who came to our Lord at the side of the table that blessed night when he was at table. And she came and at first he ignored her so as to bring forth that manifestation of her faith. So too here, Bartimaeus, he cries out. Our Lord could have answered him from the first, but he allows him to persist even despite the difficulties that the world presents to him. Even despite the encouragement of the good people of God telling him to simply hush. He persists. He continues to cry out. Persistence in prayer is a necessity for us. To go and to place ourselves first in the presence of God and then to remain there. A temptation sometimes to be whenever we go to pray, whether it's at church, uh, adoration, chapel, or whether it's in a quiet of our own home or some other place that we have set aside to encounter our Lord, to place ourselves in His presence, there can be a certain temptation sometimes to allow ourselves to be hushed. Not in a positive sense. It's good for us to embrace silence and prayer. It's good for us to simply sit in the presence of the Lord and allow Him to speak to us. But there's a sense in which sometimes the hushing of our prayer is more of a fact of giving up on it. Sometimes when we go to pray, it seems as if we don't feel the prayer so much as we had done previously. It's not the same experience. We're looking for an answer, and one that just simply isn't coming. Or a whole variety of reasons that can discourage us from praying, just as the people in the crowd discouraged Bartimaeus. But in the midst of difficulties in prayer, whatever they may be, whether within us, within the world around us, or struggles with God himself, we must persist to remain to continue to stay, to not, and to cry out to the heart of Christ, to have mercy on us, to have pity on us. When the Lord answers the man, he calls out through his apostles, how often the Lord speaks to us through others, and he tells them to call him over. And Bartimaeus is told, take courage, get up, Jesus is calling you. And he does three things. Again, always important to note the details that are left in the Gospels. The man throws aside his cloak. He springs up and he came to Jesus. 
First, that he throws off his cloak. A cloak is an important thing. Numerous times in the gospel, our Lord talks about not bringing a second cloak. Or to be able to, when, when someone asks of you, of your gen, when someone uh, basically uh, takes from you, uh, from your tunic, give your cloak as well. Right? So the cloak turns up in numerous places in the gospel. It's by touching the tassel of the cloak of our Lord that one is able to be healed. This man throws off his cloak. And the cloak is there because it's a place of security. It's a place of providing for oneself. A cloak meant that if you were out and about and you were without shelter, if rain came, or if you were homeless for the night, or if something happened, you were at least somewhat safe by the cloak that you wore. It was a security blanket in a very literal sense. He throws off his own security. He throws off his own self-reliance. He throws off, he throws caution to the wind, as they say, and he springs up. He responds quickly to the grace of the Lord. Sometimes it can also happen that the Lord will give us a particular grace, and our response is, oh, it is a wonderful inspiration. I will do that tomorrow, Lord. But we don't do it tomorrow, because the inspiration is lost. It is left behind. Bartimaeus seizes the grace that is given to him in the moment and springs up. He responds quickly to the grace of God that God calls to him, and he goes. He who is blind proceeds with haste to our Lord. In the conversation that ensues, our Lord asks him, what do you want me to do for you? A whole variety of answers could have been given, but the man gives the most obvious one. He wants to see And our Lord heals him. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. He restores himself. He restores it to sight. And it says, Then he immediately received his sight and followed him on the way. And this is to be the end of our prayer. That when we go to our blessed Lord, when we cry out to him, when we persist in that prayer, when he responds, we respond. And then we are able to speak honestly of the needs of our own heart, the desires of our own heart, the struggles of our own heart, the needs of those that we have who rest within us, that we bring before our Lord in prayer and intercession. All of these things we bring to our Lord in honesty and in simplicity. And then, when He responds to us, we follow. We follow after Him. We proceed to go the way of the Lord. Fascinating that also in the, in the early church, uh, the, the Christian community, we weren't called Christians, we were called the way. We were the way. St. Paul speaks about this in Acts of the Apostles, I think. Joining the way. And this man, Bartimaeus, who once was blind, who once was unable to see, and simply had to sit there by the roadside, then is able to see and follows our Lord. Certainly it was a physical healing that gave him his, restored his, his physical sight. But even more so, we recognize in all of these things a spiritual manifestation at work. That at first, one comes to our Lord. We are in sin. We are in our brokenness and our weakness. And we must cry out to him to persist in seeking his mercy. And when he shows us his mercy, we turn to him in gratitude and follow him. We do something. 
We change our life. We experience a small conversion. We experience an encouragement to go forth and to spread the gospel in a new way or in a particular way. This is what Bartimaeus teaches us. He himself experienced the healing of the eyes. But even more so, as always in the gospel, he experienced the healing of his soul. Freedom from sin and a new life promised with great joy. May God grant us the grace also today to recognize these things, these opportunities presented to us. May we be encouraged in our prayer and especially drawing close to our Lord that we might experience the same joy and freedom and throw off the cloak of whatever it is that keeps us clinging to ourselves and our own will and to fly to Christ and to follow him as well on the way.